December 7th, and this is Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP, where you will hear conversation, information, education, inspiration, motivation from the American urban perspective. Urban Talk Radio is also being simulcast on New Orleans Talk Network Radio, NOTN, an interactive media website that features 24 hour radio, video streams, articles, blogs and information on social living and current news issues. There was a time in our history when the very idea of a female police officer was unheard of. We've come a long way since then. Today, there are more than 100,000 sworn female police officers in the United States. This progress just did not happen overnight. Though it took years of smaller breakthroughs on By these defined females in the face of a world that had nothing more than women being viewed as caretakers and housewives, this list highlights and celebrates the most influential female police officers that explain how they impacted law enforcement. But particularly this morning, I want to draw your attention to Georgina Ann Robinson, who became the first African-American police officer in 1916, which was not a small feat for her, prevailing through attitudes about not just discrimination against women, but particularly African-American women. She was an active volunteer in her community and organizations throughout Los Angeles. Prior to that, she was being approached by an LAPD recruiter. Now imagine that, 1916, and a black woman is being approached by the LAPD And they actually had a recruitment entity to their police department. And I find that to be pretty fascinating. But nevertheless, she accepted and she joined the position as a jail matron. And then eventually she became a police officer working with juvenile and homicide cases. Today on Urban Talk Radio, we will be talking about the new look of law enforcement. You can join the conversation on Facebook at Bold Minds and Twitter at Bold Minds. You can also stream this show live on your smartphone and computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Today, in the studio, my guests, hold your breath, people. Don't hold it too long. Shana Kendall. Shana Kendall is a detective in law enforcement. She is also a bodybuilder. And let me get this right. East Coast Cup champion. Overall champion, correct. East Coast, I'm a, you the champion. This is an overall, this is everything. East Coast Cup overall figure champion. Okay, so for the people out there that don't know, think of all of those bronze statues that you see of these strong, and that's her, okay, but she moves her arms and legs too. All right, so 
Good morning, Shane, and welcome to Urban Talk Radio. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. Okay, so uh, don't be nervous. You said you've been on radio before, so you're all in the mood and you're ready to go. So a couple of good things. One, now I'm going to go back to, I think I remember you when you were a little girl. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do that move. So I think I remember you when me and my partner, Joe Deese, long, long time ago, we started in the Hill, uh, two decades ago. And I remember this little skinny girl who used to always be on a bike in the Hill and would stop us and say, And we were like, okay. And Joe Deese was like, every time we had to go by there, we had to stop that area. Mm-hmm. I'm almost sure that you were that little girl. I'm, I'm not saying whether I was or I wasn't. And <laughs> I remember all the way through our career, it was always this one little girl that Joe was like, yeah, she's smart. She's going one day. And then I turned around and suddenly, poof, mm-hmm. the little girl had grown up and she was now a police officer, still kind of little thin, you know, and so I was like, wow, she's she made it, though. Yeah. So here's the deal. Talk about all of that. Unlike a lot of people who grow up and you're like, eh, I didn't ever want to be, I didn't want to be a cop. Mm-hmm. I hated police officers. Mm-hmm. I just kind of fell into the industry. But it appears that you've always wanted to be a police officer. So um, I always wanted to be in law enforcement in some capacity, or rather I should say the legal field. Um, initially it started off as, you know, obviously being exposed to, uh, police officers, but then I figured, you know, maybe one day I want to become an attorney. It wasn't until, um, the murder of my brother actually, which occurred in New Haven that really provoked, um, interest and passion to actually, um, go forth How in old that were direction. You then? How old were you? Uh, I was 19, okay. 20. Yeah. Um, in school at that time? You were in, you were yes. In. So I, I was in school. Um, obviously, that was a tragic situation. So I kind of got deterred a little bit. So you were in high school uh, or you were in college? No, I was in college. Okay. Um, but it wasn't until that um, that tragic uh, occurrence that really ignited the flame that uh, propelled me to actually um, move forth in that direction and actually make it... Um, a priority to me to actually, you know, delve into doing it. And the only place that I wanted to become a police officer was, in fact, New Haven. So it wasn't just to become a police officer, but I actually wanted why, to why work. New, why New Haven, though? Um, you could have been a this, cop anywhere. Right. That's where I'm from. Um, it's New Haven is where I'm from. I, I was raised in New Haven. Um, and it's just the familiarity of New Haven, the people in New Haven. Um, and quite frankly, being from New Haven, I saw what New Haven needed um, Mm. in police officers. So you, so, so when you were 19, it was what, what year was that for you? Okay. Now you're trying to make me do math. Um, Just a little math. That was the eighties for you. Would that have been 85, 87? uh, No, (laughs) I was probably three. Okay. (laughs) okay. So it was the nineties. No, it was 2000. So it was in the 2000s. Two, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so, so no, I was just trying like to 2005. get 2005. Yeah, just trying yeah. to get a, a hand because we did have a, a, you know, I came back in 1980. I came back in 1990, mm-hmm. and the, the city was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, you know, was, and and I kind of felt like, wow, I, want, I, I felt the need more to be a community activist. Right. That's how I felt I could help. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I understand what you're saying. It's like you kind of sometimes you feel like you want to fix stuff. So. Right. This is just kind of people that 
they just like to fix stuff. Mm-hmm. Are you are you a fix it? Um, do so, you fix broken toys? So <laughs> I actually do fix yeah. uh, broken things, but more so um, n- by fixing, not necessarily something that's broken, but giving setting an example for people to to emulate um, kind of causes that transition of change. So not necessarily saying something is broken or um, that uh, it was destroyed and needed me to fix it, but I felt like I could add to add something um, that perhaps was missing in that capacity. And uh, I feel like I, I'm, I'm doing just that. So let's talk about you wanting to be a police officer in a city where, you know, really in the urban community, people are not really, you know, supportive. Was your family supportive when you, you know, to just take us through that moment. So you, you, you're, you're, we're working through tragedy. You're mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what year were you then? So I was going to Southern. Um, I was a freshman. Right. So you're a freshman, uh, mm-hmm. toughest, toughest year for, mm-hmm. for anyone in college. Um, you, you have your brother tragically killed in gun violence and then you take time off from school, mm-hmm. took time off from school. How long did you take off? Uh, three years. Three I'd years. Yeah, three so you years. took a break. Yep. Right. And what, what you do in between that? So in between that, I just, I was working, um, we worked started, at, like, I was right? working at Yale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Working, um, starting, you know, the process, getting things that I needed to get in order for the next rec- recruitment process. So um, after that, you just kind of like said, you know what, I'm I'm done with school for now. I'm taking a break. I want to be a cop. So after that, that's exactly what I did. Um, it was immediately going back to school was just too traumatic for me because right. I was in school when that gotcha. the uh, uh, murder of my brother occurred. Right. Um, so at that time, it was kind of like, you know, traumatic to return and be in that same environment when, in fact, um, this happened. So I did set my sights on one because I'm like, well, if I go back, I'm, I'm going to be a non-traditional student. Right. How, how well will I fit in right. with, you know, 18, 19 year olds at this point? Um, so I really just set my sights on, you know, doing what I had to do um, in preparation for the next recruitment process and becoming a New Haven police officer. So I'm going to ask you a question, um, a little personal, but not too personal. I went away to, to college myself, and um, while I was gone, some things happened in my family. My father got into a near-fatal car accident. My brother got seriously injured. I remember my parents calling me up, and I was in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I was actually, I had an art business. I was making art and selling it, and that's how I was living. That's right. how I was stop, only having to call home and say, Ma, just send me $25 a week, <laughs> opposed to 250 for the rent. Right. And I never forget when I called home one night, uh, I was down in, in the French Quarters, and my mother was all frantic. Why, why, why haven't you called? Why didn't you call? You said you was going to call us later today. I'm like, it's, did I miss something? Mm-hmm. Or your father was in a accident. Your brother almost died. And, you know, my father got on the phone and he's like, you know, yeah, you said you were supposed to call. I'm like, so how is your car accident got anything to do with me? Which, by the way, you know, it wasn't all that right when he was driving. Mm-hmm. So it. Almost, I almost had the feeling because I went away to college down in Georgia and spent time down in the Gulf. I felt guilty. I felt like maybe I need to come back home. I mm-hmm. always felt that I'm beholden. The family has this hold on me. Did you Did you feel that? Is that Did you feel like I need to come back and just? So for me, um, my 
just to go back on your previous question that I kind of I went off on another topic. Um, my family has always been tremendously supportive of whatever it is that I wanted to do. Awesome. Um, so you're mom, like the golden child. So I'm. I guess I'm the one. The one. You know how you always have that one. You're that in one. your family somehow. It's yeah. it, did you're you get, selected. Did you, did you get the most toys for Christmas? No, I think everybody got. Did you a get lot. the biggest birthday cake? I did get the, you biggest, the biggest birthday, birthday cake. Yeah. <laughs> you got the most money inside of your card. I Secretly, don't know, we could we didn't open them in front of each other. Oh God! <laughs> but you always <laughs> smile. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So everybody yeah. was really supportive. Um, I actually yeah. took awesome. on that role of feeling as though I needed to support my family, not from anything that they um, necessarily put on me, but because I am a pioneer um, in much respect with my family. Um, as far as, you know, finishing school, obtaining a solid career, I felt that it was only right to give back to uh, my family who's invested so much to propel me um, for, in fact, what I was preparing myself for. If you're just joining us today on Urban Talk Radio, we are talking about the new look of law enforcement. My studio guest today is Shanna Kendall a detective in law enforcement, a bodybuilder, and she is the East Coast Cup overall figure champion. You can join our conversation on Facebook at Bold Minds and Twitter at Bold Minds. You can also stream this show live on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Remember, Urban Talk Radio is being simulcast on New Orleans Talk Radio Network. NOTN, an interactive media website that features 24-hour radio, video streams, articles, blogs, and information on social living and current news. Isabel Goodwin became the first female police detective in 1912. She spent her years working long hours as a police matron, which was the best she could hope for at the time. However, her fearless, her fearlessness in the face of danger and her undercover work that helped solve many bank robberies earned her a promotion as a police detective. So you were a detective. Yes. Came on as a police officer. You had a plan. Yes. Which we'll revisit that later for the advice for people out there. Cause you sure. had a very defined plan about what you want to do. Um, then you became a detective, but, before you talk about becoming a detective, you had some challenges. Um, and we call them on the job, you know, me being a black police officer, there's, there's coping, there's some, you kind of set your tone early, mm-hmm. right? And you kind of set your tone early. Became a police officer, then became a detective. How did you make that leap? I mean, you, I mean, you really were focused. Correct. And some people are like, oh, I'm not really sure. I you know, coming from New Haven, I mean, I don't know a lot, a lot, a lot of rich black people coming mm-hmm. from New Haven. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you're struggling, your family's struggling. You you mentioned that you went to college and where was working and you were trying to really give back to your family in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you make that leap from now officer to detective? Was that another trigger or... Well, I think that it was uh, what you said was actually pivotal in my process. And it's all about having a plan, whatever that may be. Obviously, it may vary for different individuals. But for me, um, there was a solid plan in mind. Did you write it down? So everybody has a way of going about their plan. Mm -hmm. So 
what I what I like for you to do, because there's a lot of people listening. You have a lot of large audience, mm-hmm. and you know this is a what I have found to be a very highly re- requested topic, of, particularly around women, and particularly around black women. You mm-hmm. know, women of color who they're trying to get in the industry. They're trying to figure this out. So. You know, without you giving your full blown secret, mm-hmm. I mean, did you write it down? Did you had? Did you surround yourself with really positive mm-hmm. people? Did mm-hmm. you hook up with your cop friends? Did Did you watch like Starsky and Hutch and mm-hmm. you know run around <laughs> jumping over tape? I mean, like, what did you do? What did you? Do? So a lot of my influence have actually been from my parents and my mentors in school, um, and the foundation of it is leadership. Now we know that to be a leader doesn't necessarily is not necessarily determined by your rank or role. You can be a leader as a janitorial staff. You can right. be, it's all in the individual um, themselves. Quick, for, quick bite on that. Sure. How do you be a leader? Tell some somebody out there that is a janitor that's mm-hmm. pushing a broom. They're mm-hmm. cleaning a toilet, whatever. They're flipping a hamburger. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're a college student. They're a mom. What? Tell them they can be a leader today by doing what? Transparency. Uh, Jack Welch, uh, author of Winning, and uh, Dennis Perkins, um, Dr. Perkins of Leading at the Edge, um, they they talk about transparency. Um, basically, knowing who you are, um, knowing what you would like to become, and walking every day in where you're going. So, not necessarily being being active in where you are, but walking that walk in the position you'd wish to become. So as a janitor, if you wish to stay as a janitor, or you wish to become a supervisor or whatever the case may be, how you do your work, how you obtain your work ethic and how you are as a person in your encounters, that's how you lead. Um, for me, like I said, it, it was not only my parents, my mom and my dad, um, but my mentors at school. Um, and for me, the plan was once you obtain this career, where do you see yourself? Um Every day there are affirmations that I provide myself with um, if one were to um, visit any sanction of my work environment or home. Give us one. You'll see these random. Give us one. Okay. What Uh, is today's affirmation? So today, literally, it was two words and it was do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, And that's with everything. Um, Hashtag. Do it. Hashtag do it. There you go. Um, And that's just with everything. Just do it. be optimistic. Optimism goes a long way. No, that's where everything starts. So if you already um, say to yourself, this is too big for me, I'm not ready for this. Mm-hmm. You already you set yourself you back. You failed. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's what it starts with. And uh, once I got on the job, that's, that's, that's where I went. I looked at where I wanted to be mm. um, and where I could create a bigger voice to have the best impact on people, um, which included um, taking the promotional exam and becoming a, a detective. Was it hard? Uh, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. No, um, to take the test. Is the test hard? Yeah, the test was difficult. Did you study? Absolutely. Okay. One thing I do believe in, if you're going to do something, if right. you're not going to give it your all, you can't really be gotcha. upset about the results that come. So you give 100%. Correct. All the time. All the time. No matter what. Right. Or just don't do it. Or don't do it. Right. But do it. Right. But do it. Right. Because today, today, you have to do it. Correct. All right. And do it 100%. So correct. we can add that. Do it and do it 100%. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Yes. So talk to us about, you know, I guess you would say um, 
your outlook. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of things. Let's turn the page. Let's turn the page to you've been a police officer now for how long? This will be 1909, this eighth year. Eighth year, making you do math again. Yeah, yeah don't get I'm mad like, at me. Shh. Don't try to hit me or nothing like that. All right. We're going <laughs> to get to how strong you are in a minute. <laughs> but so you've been a police officer for nine years, right? Nine, is it roughly? Being seven. Yeah, we're starting our eighth. Yeah. And a lot has changed in the industry yes. over that time. I mean, you came on at a time gun violence was kind of high, still trying to figure out war on drugs, and now we've moved into a new era mm-hmm. of police-related shootings, mm-hmm. and particularly African-American males, Hispanic, Latino males. What have you seen change in the industry? Let's just say, um, has is the industry changing in terms of its perspectives in a way to be effective or what does policing need? You know, cause some, cause, cause it can't, we can't sit here and say policing's good. We're doing mm-hmm. great. We're moving it. No, because mm-hmm. then we're not telling the truth, mm-hmm. but we need things. Now mm-hmm. I may see things we need from a perspective of, uh, you know, a black cop, a black male, a, you know, a, a Muslim. Um, and you're going to see it from a different perspective. And what I have found in the conversation around law enforcement, it is a male, dominated driven conversation mm-hmm. almost never ever you're hearing from women mm-hmm. and they're never on the microphone leading the conversation mm-hmm. so you're on a you're on a microphone yes it's your conversation all right talk to me so uh, this is a two-part i'm going to provide a two-part uh, response to this um and it's very difficult it, it becomes trying at times to be a strong woman period in a paramilitary organization Mm -hmm. um, where women kind of just entered to be as on a drastic level. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that there is some reservation on how to actually deal with um, a woman who is not only intelligent, but Mm -hmm. has the education and the the job knowledge um, to move forward. Um, one that does not necessarily um, adhere to the, uh, I guess I, I should say, uh, quote unquote, past expectations of women's positions in such law enforcement. As what? Such as what? Um, such as just more like a. Like a helper. Like a helper, like a follower, All like right. a, you know, just kind of tell me what to do and, and I'll do it. Walk four feet as, behind you, carry your stuff. Right. You and I think that. um. I think that in law enforcement period, there is a learning that needs to be done um, with regard to women and their actual capabilities to move forward. What does that learning Um, look like? Just being open. You have to be open and welcoming that learning. Um, If you're not, if you're stuck on uh, past practice or Mm -hmm. how it's always been, Mm -hmm. you're never going to change the climate or culture of any organization, whether it's law enforcement or otherwise. Name a big thing that we could change that could be changed in the industry that would, that would reflect Um, that. Opportunity. Um, just opportunity based on knowledge criteria. And, and I speak in general when I say, um, it's not, it, Things should not be um, who you know, who's close to who, but who can actually take a position and do what needs to be done in that position for the betterment of the organization. Right. Okay. Um, 
with regard to law enforcement, what it needs at such a sensitive time um, that we are in now with law enforcement and the cities um, that, you know, are, are having these issues. We always talk about community policing, but the reality is, is that people need to know who you are. Um, not necessarily responding all the time when something bad is going on. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's when they need you. But taking a moment if you're not out on a walking beat and getting to know, you know, Miss Mary and her grandson, you know, killer, who, you know, who's who you've had to arrest a couple of times, but you don't know what his, you know, how he feels about his grandmother, whatever the case may be. Um, And one of the positive uh, parts of being from New Haven, living in New Haven and working in New Haven is that I have that open communication with uh, people in the neighborhoods. And I've heard, yeah, we've, we've seen, you know, officers drive by, but we don't know who they are. Um, and so that simply tells me that that's exactly what they want. Do you find yourself becoming like, um, you're like the police chief of your family, of your neighborhood, of you're the dispatch and you're everything. People, so, everybody calls you. Yeah. People yeah. give your number to somebody else. Yes. Who then calls you like six yes. o'clock in the morning and say, um, so-and-so gave me your number at yes. church. And yes. So, so, uh, the theory of calling 911 simply goes out the window because <laughs> I somehow, I simply somehow becomes, become that first, uh, yeah. point of contact. Yes. I mean, and it's okay with me because, right. Right. um, most things they reach out because they're comfortable in discussing right. whatever it is that they have going on and want my opinion before, you know, proceeding forward. Um, so yeah, I have become like the police chief of my family yeah, yeah. and, you know, those in the neighborhood that know me because I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the face that they see that they know as Shayna, not, wow, you yeah. know, detective Kendall. What's the, what did they give you a nickname? Me? Yeah. No, just, so I've got a nickname. <laughs> I've got a nickname. Um, the independent Frankie. Uh, March 3rd, 2014. Oh, Detective Beautiful. Detective Beautiful a month. Yes. 16 new badges. All right. So, wow. <laughs> so, wow. You got, you got some haters on that. Huh? <laughs> so no wonder. So <laughs> right? Shayna is actually Yiddish for beautiful. Okay. Good, um, okay. And so that's where that's where that came from. Okay. Um, but yeah. So that's good. That's helpful. Yeah. yeah see, I have a daughter. My daughter's name is Selwa Sana. Mm-hmm. And Sana is beautiful. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that helps. Because that's right. like somebody's in a big picture, too. With, yeah. With you and mom. Yeah, me and my mom. Yes. Yeah, like, yep, that's bam. Her. Yep. <laughs> bam. That's her. The beautiful one got it. The rest of y'all, <laughs> mm, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> if you're just joining us today on Urban Talk Radio, we're talking about the new fa- the new face, the new look of law enforcement. You can join the conversation on Facebook at Bold Minds and Twitter at Bold Minds. You can stream this show live on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Shana, here we go. Yes, yes. You're a bodybuilder. <laughs> yes, I am. So you're all over the the the, the online paper. Mm-hmm. Your your beautiful badge, mm-hmm. right? Um, let's see. I saw something in there where. Someone hit you mm-hmm. and Detective Roach in a yes. car, and then y'all <laughs> jumped out the car and y'all arrested them <laughs> yes, for like actually, a major we crime. Were, uh, That's another story. Yeah, yeah. And then you're a bodybuilder. Yes. And like, seriously, what's going on? Talk yeah. about. All right. So, um, the bodybuilding aspect. How strong are you? I don't know. 
I, I really don't so know. So like you could punch me and then like what I like. Fall. We could test it. No, out if don't you hit want. me because okay. I'm not violent. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So um, the bodybuilding thing was actually something that I uh, transitioned to after you know simply working out was just a a method of decompression for me. So it was like stress um, was like a stress relief. Or it, yeah. Yeah. Was this part? So let me ask you this: Was the bodybuilding? As you're saying, part of your working out, was that part of your plan, like that, that recipe that you were putting together? Of? So, no, absolutely okay. not. Okay. Um, one of my mentors, uh, Frank Cheech Salentano, um, is uh, Mr. USA when he bodybuilt uh, a while ago. Okay. Um, I've known him for, for years and, you know, we'd work out together and he would ask me. He was very persistent in asking me, you know, have you ever thought about bodybuilding? And of course... Not having any knowledge mm -hmm. on what that encompassed, I just simply thought of women who, you know, take unnecessarily amounts of testosterone and, and transition into a, a male. And that was of mm. no interest to me. Um, but then I tried it. Um, two years ago, I actually did the my testosterone. No, or no? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tried bodybuilding okay. um, right. as an all natural figure competitor. Yes, I saw that. Um, very impressive. Yes. So, so you joined an agency. Mm hmm. Or the you join because I think this is important. Mm -hmm. You join the branch of body bodybuilding and fitness that actually drug tests. Correct. So I am a pro in the WMBF, and okay. they um, you have to take a polygraph, and you have to if you win, you actually have to submit a urine sample, and they test to see if wow. you've used any type of uh, assistance. So two years ago, I actually did my first show. I actually did my first show uh, with the MPC, and I placed third. Mm. Um, I competed against women who were assisted. Um, so what does that mean? That were not natural. Okay, they didn't have to do the thing. So there is no testing. Got gotcha. um, And from the two years ago when I placed third, I said the next time I do that show, I am going to take the overall win. Mm. So here's two years later, we came in with a better package. This is after getting my uh, my pro status with the WNBF um, that I did that same show, two year anniversary, and I became the overall figure champion, mm. which was that was in the plan. Super awesome. Yeah. So you that was, was pumped much up of, about it. I, mean, like, I was. Yeah, I was You're like, what? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But, you know, it, anything's possible. Wow. So that's awesome. Thank you. Keep going though. It's exciting. <laughs> you like you just give us half the story. It's yeah, like a short okay. story. Like yeah, and so that's it. So, that's all you get. All right. Yeah. So the season was very long. We got I popcorn did, here. Keep going. I did, I did five shows. Um, okay. I actually where where uh, Massachusetts, New York. Um, this uh, the MPC one. The East Coast Cup was actually in East Haven. Um, so you went on tour. Yeah. So five shows. I won the overall. Is it expensive? Uh, it's very expensive um, to enter a show. Um, in your division, if you do crossovers, they're about $150, $200, but then you have to pay for bronzing of your skin, those services. Well, that somebody's painting you? Right. Black? Well, <laughs> bronze. Bronze? Yes. Uh, almost black? So you, have to play, so you have to pay for that, <laughs> and then your travel expenses, and of course, uh, food. Gotcha. Um, what if, can't you bronze yourself? I mean, you're almost like bronze, so can't you? Yeah, no, it's a different type of bronzing. Um, what that, is it? What is it made of? Well, protan, I don't know what it's made okay, of, but it's like you. a... It's, like, it's almost like, yeah, like a bronzing that they put on you because once you get under the lights, even even the darkest gotcha. of, of competitors actually mm -hmm. get bronze because you just lose all of your So all tell your us lines about that because we don't know, our, our listeners does, do not know about that. So tell us about that bronzing. That's so, so in preparation for the show, you have to get 
spray tanned. Gotcha. Um, and it's it's basically to make you darker. There are some competitors that do it themselves. That's why you see some that actually look like an Oscar. They're gold. Okay. Um, but it's so that when, when you're underneath the stage lights, you don't wash out your physique because, let's face it, that's exactly what you're judged on. Your physique, your definition, right. your lines. So how, do, how does it wash out? Would it get, it gets warm and relaxed or you lose definition? Or? No, like if you just stood under the lights on the stage and you had nothing to enhance or bring out your definition, you mm -hmm. just, you wouldn't see um, the hard work. That I wouldn't see, done. they wouldn't see how handsome I am. Right. Oh, well, right. We, you, got, you we don't want to do that. I'm so, so my next award <laughs> ceremony, I'm going to have to get yeah, bronze. Yeah, you're going to have to yeah, get bronze. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like so. that. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. And then then what about the show expense? Like so is so you got the show expense, you got the bronzing, you got the travel, mm -hmm. hair, the, makeup, oh my god. Everything. Oh. Then your food, if you have like a meal plan service that's preparing your food or you have to go out and buy your food. Food is expensive. Is it? Yes. We can't have a protein shake. Well, a protein shake is not going to sustain you. Before uh, hitting the stage, I probably have like four meals which consist of chicken, sweet potatoes, chicken and rice. Yeah, I've seen you at I don't want to say yeah. the place because I don't want to <laughs> get you in, in trouble. What I've seen, I was like, why are you here at 3 o'clock in the morning? And you was like, I'm trying to bulk up. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but I remember yeah, that. So. so I was like, yeah, good. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. So yeah, no, keep going. What's your favorite meal? Ah, uh, you know, it would probably have to be. What would you like literally just die for? Like, get out of my way. Well, Y'all okay. know I eat that. Move out of my way. So Stop playing. when I'm in contest prep, I simply want pasta. Okay. Anything that's pasta. Okay. Um, but right now, because we're, you know, we don't have shows until June. Mm -hmm. We're in like a grow season. So mm -hmm. my favorite go-to is like a grass-fed six to eight ounce yeah, burger. But, but what do you what do you like? No, what, that's literally, what you like. that's what I like. Bison? Bison burger? Grass-fed bison's fine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Big burger? Big burger, about like six to eight ounces. The way, the, you like it the way that... um. Eddie Murphy said, like, when your mama, she put the big old giant peppers and onions on it, and when you bite it, it'd be falling out with <laughs> the grease running on your arm. Well, not uh -uh. all of that, but okay, just no. a burger with a bun okay. and maybe some lettuce and onions. And what? And what's your side? What's your What's your favorite side? Uh, sweet potato. You sure? You said, yeah. like, I don't know. I'm positive. You like sweet potato I mean, pie? it's so, it's it's amazing because your body gets accustomed to eating a certain way. Like, gotcha. for instance, um, post-show, you know, everybody indulges on things that they couldn't have, whether like it's cookies, what? donuts. Um, so backstage of these fitness thing, everybody's like, So after you win, like, everybody's <laughs> like, yeah. Doritos. Yes. And <laughs> it's like munch fest. <laughs> you kind of have to like reverse diet into those things. So yeah. of course, you know, my coach says, you know, don't do it. You know, you're, you're, you're going to end up getting sick. And I'm like, yeah, what's one mini hostess donut? Right, right, right. Sure enough, 20 minutes later, Booyah. the worst day of my life. Booyah. Yeah. So let me ask you, this so, is some backstage stuff. What is the most outlandish thing you've seen somebody in the back munching on, gobbling up after a show? And you're like, seriously? Well, I mean, you see a lot of things. I mean, people have like like jars of jelly that uh -huh. they just eat with a spoon <laughs> and just, you know, just lost, eat jelly. Lost food, call it lost food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, anything goes. Right. I mean, yeah. you, you see people eating like 12 donuts. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it depends on the individual. but. <sighs> And we don't even hardly eat donuts. Exactly. Contrary. Yeah, but, contrary to the yeah. popular belief. Well, actually, for there is a new donut shop. <laughs> oh wait, that I, opened up. Which one is this? I don't know. The one on York Street. There's a new donut. No, I don't. Donut know. Haven. Lucy's out. Donut Haven. Donut oh, okay. crazy. All right. And they make fresh donuts. So let me tell you something. Yeah. 
Um, I wish the stereotype was true and cops yeah. got free donuts. Well, if they I bought duck donuts here. Yeah. Duck donuts is really good. Yeah, I gotta. So I gotta watch my uh, figure. Um, certainly is not like yours, but um, I'm watching what I eat too. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> if you're just joining us today on Urban Talk Radio, we are talking about the new look of law enforcement. In my studio, my guest today is Shana Kendall. She's a detective in law enforcement, and she is also a bodybuilder. East Coast Cup overall figure champion. And she was just giving us some insight about her career as a bodybuilder and, you know, some of the things that has taken her to the top. Let's talk about your bodybuilding a little bit more. Okay. Because I know this is something that you really love. Yes. And I know that given your job and all of the other commitments going on with your life and your family, you know, this is this is certainly... Um, a big chunk of mm-hmm. what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Where are you going with this? So, um, I've been asked that quite often, and but everything you, I haven't asked you though. <laughs> everything <laughs> that um, we've, and I say we because mm-hmm. without my coach, that's right, um, team, we have done was simply out of my own passion. Mm. Um, unlike many. Uh, competitors. Um, I have a career. Bodybuilding is what I do because I love doing That's it. That's right. Um, so the goal is to just continue to compete nationally. Um, next is to uh, obtain my IFBB pro status. Which is and what? Tell us what that, we don't know what that means. So IFBB is the International Federation of Bodybuilding. That sounds So big. I have my pro status in the WMBF, mm-hmm. um, which is the natural organization. IFBB is not a testing organization. So I will be competing with right. women who are assisted. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just to see where this could go. Mm-hmm. But understanding that it's a passion of mine, not with, okay, well, I'm, I, I'm going to be a sponsored athlete for right. Nike or Urban, uh, I'm sorry, do you think you're Under gonna Armour. Get, yeah, do you think you're going to sponsor? Would you I like to? I think that if the opportunity presents itself, I would consider it, get whatever the demands right. were. Right. Um. Y'all better get in and sponsor her. <laughs> Why the getting's good? Okay, rates are low right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, but again, this is just something that I love to yeah, do. Yeah. Um, and and people think, wow, you must work out all day. No, I work out an hour. That's five what days I'm thinking. I'm thinking like, don't be trying to shake my hand. Yeah, Couldn't get all excited. Just we can keep it at a high five. Yeah, low five. Yeah, yeah. But I know that takes a that takes a lot of of work and commitment. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I commend you on it. I, th- I think it's really good. You know, you're 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 very modest and, and humble um, about it. Let's talk if I, if we could. I mean, these, this is a big question too. Um, single. Yes. Single. This this listen, y'all better get on. Get, single meaning unmarried. Unmarried. She's unmarried, so she is a viable. <laughs> she's a viable candidate because people ask me. Okay, people ask me. Um, often you get and. I'm sure y'all get it too. Maybe not as much with men cop, but it's always that one person like, do you know who that? Then like, yes. Mm-hmm. And then they just so scared and like, mm-hmm. is it difficult? Is it difficult? Because it, it certainly is for, for men, mm-hmm. right? Relationships as a detective, let alone a police. So you're a detective now, mm-hmm. a detective, you're a bodybuilder, you're, you're smart. Um, and and you're a public figure. Mm-hmm. Is that does that bring difficulty in your ability when you're dealing with men dating and that type the dating scene? Um, 
going to a club? Are you a club person? I'm I'm not a club person. Right. I'll I'll go to a lounge here and there okay. just to you know relax with my and friends. And are you being bombarded by? Can I get your number? Or are you being bombarded by? Could you fix this ticket for me? All right. So <clears throat> unmarried. Hopefully one day I'll I'll be married. Um. So that's what I meant by my my. Uh, Y'all better marry me before she gets sponsored by Nike. Being single. <laughs> so I am in a committed relationship, right, just okay. not married. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but again, I think it goes back to what I said initially. Um, my aura, mm-hmm. so to speak, uh, is not one of, um, one that anyone could feel like they could approach me in that way. Right. Um, so I think that it's more fear than That's anything. They fear uh, what, you. It, what am I going to say to her? Right. Um, I can't, I can't just approach her as though, you know, she's, uh, I don't want to say, you know, laid back. I just don't. You got to come correct. If they want to say, if they want to say something, you better come correct. Yeah. Would that I, be? Right. Yeah. Um, Cause you got like five different faces. I've seen all five of them. <laughs> and you got one face be like, don't even think about it. I seen your don't even think about <laughs> yeah, it face. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got that face like, Oh, come over here. Right. And make sure you got your act together. Right. So yeah, I, I right. can see that being, uh, catching somebody off guard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially after two Heinekens. <laughs> they would be stuck. Let me ask you that. Do you drink? I don't. Don't drink? No. You don't smoke? No. Eat healthy? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And how yeah. long do you think you're going to be able to keep that up? What is your, is this going to be a lifestyle so for you forever? This, so that's what, that's what needs to be understood. This right. isn't, uh, this isn't, uh, you know, okay, I, I just want a summer body. Right. Um, right. this is, this is a lifestyle. And right. that's what I say to anyone who wants to lose weight or anything like so, that. So you, let's ask this. When you go travel, you travel, right? Yes. So, you know, everybody, you mentioned about the beach bodies, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, women who, and men do it too. They yeah. just starve themselves and they're like, <laughs> ah, I'm going to Aruba. You know, these people are like, what are you doing? Oh man, I'm going, I'm going to the gym. I'm going back to, so when you go to the beach, mm-hmm. what happens? Is it like, well, usually people just say, "Oh, you you work out a lot," right, right. and I'm like, "Well, not, do people not stop really and want to take pictures with you and do, um, and know that you do this bodybuilding?" I think that just going on vacation, you take random pictures gotcha. with with gotcha. people anyway. Gotcha. Um, but you do get people that that notice and 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 say, you know, "Wow, you have a nice physique," or you know, whatever that. I like this. You're looking at my production material. So I'm going to, yeah. in, in 2016, I'm going to put a little thing up here so people can't see like, what is he going to ask me next? No yeah. pop question. This is the last thing we want to ask you All right. um, as we're going to wrap the show up. I need you to give advice to people out there. Mm-hmm. You know, dear, you like me. Um, I did not lose a, 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 a sibling to gun violence, but I've certainly lost, um, you know, relatives and, you know, other young people that were close to me. Uh, you're from New Haven. You, you you've you've dealt with gun violence tragedy. Cousin mm-hmm. lost to gun violence. Um, you have had to be there to be the rock mm-hmm. for your family. Um, the leader. You've mentioned that your family have made you the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every all eyes are on Shayna to succeed, and everyone else, I'm sure, is trying to figure out how they're going to mimic. This is the pathway of success. Mm-hmm. A lot of women out there stuck in places want to be a police officer, want to take that next step. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in particular as we close this show, what advice can you give someone out there that, you know, a similar uh, you know, Shana, mm-hmm. you know, who who's 
you know, maybe just feel like, you know what, it's, it, I'm done with this. This mm-hmm. is this is it. I'm tired. I'm not, I'm not going to eat healthy. Whatever the case might be, want to be a police officer. Maybe they're in the academy and they're going through some tough times or maybe they want to be a detective and things are not going their way. What do you tell them? What is what is the takeaway for hope? So we'll we'll start with the affirmation to, that was uh, presented today, which was do it. Do it. Um, I realize that um, being a, a coming from the inner city or, or having to dealt with um, tragedy or or the family dynamics that encompass you know certain issues, things tend to be hard, um, more difficult, I should say. And I think it goes back to what I said in in becoming a leader is that look for where you want to be, not where you are. Although where you are may um, may may create some pessimism within oneself. I think that once you step out of that and recognize that, okay, there is someone who is from where I'm from, who looks like me, um, is doing things that I would like to do, that it's possible. Um, and I would just simply say, just keep on moving in the direction of, of where you want to be. Determine um, what you are doing now, who's in your circle, and think to yourself, will I be able to have these people in my circle going in the direction that I want to go in? Will I be able to continue to do the things that I'm doing? If they are negative things or, not, or something that is not enhancing where you would like to go, should I continue doing those things? And I think that once you have those um, inner positive dialogues with yourself, you tend to develop a perception of um, or a better outlook on where you want to go and then just continue walking in that direction. If you're just joining us today on Urban Talk Radio, we were talking about the new look of law enforcement. And our in-studio guest today is Shana Kendall, detective in law enforcement, bodybuilder, East Coast Cup overall, figure champion. And if you uh, have missed any part of this show, you can also log on to newhavenindependent.org and be able to pick up the podcast. Shana, I want to thank you for joining us this morning on Urban Talk Radio, sharing your story, your vision, um, and a little bit of your secret to success, <laughs> a little bit of your secret to success. So thank you for uh, joining us this morning Absolutely. on Urban Talk Radio. If you miss any part of this live broadcast, you can join our blog at boldminds.co to keep current on our latest shows and show schedules. Remember, Urban Talk Radio airs every Wednesday, 9 a.m. Thank you for tuning in to Urban Talk Radio. And remember, success doesn't count unless you earn it fair and square. That's from the First Lady Michelle Obama. Absolutely. Great. <laughs>